People love him already. He's got the uh, Rhode Island twang. The long pass to Moore and a pin block from Martin. Tune in to Cam's corner. He's going <laughs> to make it here. Draws the foul for another Rhode Island in one. Podcast his own podcast. It's good off the backboard and in. Kind of great. And we are back, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Cam's Corner Season 3. I want to say episode 17. I think this is 85. So we're on the road to 100. Keep running Camps Corner up on Instagram, all Spotify, uh, or not Spotify, all podcast platforms. You guys have been going crazy. Uh, YouTube just reached 300 subscribers. So, you know, slowly but surely we're reaching that that totem pole of, of 100 episodes. But today we got Christian Arrington, former roadie alum with the Shades in the building today. Yes, sir. First time in the studio. Christian, thank you for hopping on. Uh, so we're going to get into a lot. Christian, actually his senior year, so you retired, medically retired from, from football. Right. So senior year you were – um, technically, you, you served as a coach for for Rhode Island football in a way. In not, a way, not yeah. Necessarily, it was it was you know I wanted I wanted to start my coaching room, but I was also in that phase of not playing anymore and dealing mm-hmm. with medically retiring. That you know I wasn't there every day because it was just you know it was definitely difficult being at the practice for being sure. at practice every morning and you know but I was at every game that I could be at as far as the home games and traveling. I didn't necessarily travel, but Tried to be there as much as possible while also dealing with all the emotions of not playing anymore. So it was a, uh, you know, I was more so there as a as a as a teammate still for for the guys that were still there because they're still they're they're still my brothers. And they're always gonna be my brothers. Cause I was just just playing with them. You know, I just medically retired during camp at like probably like a week and a half in, two weeks into camp because I was seeing doctors since you know I, I got back at the end of the July. You know, mm-hmm. we were training all summer, got back. At the end of July, and then I was like, all these doctor's appointments, and then they finally were like, yeah, it's just not too safe to keep playing, and I was like, all right. But all, you know, my teammates, and, and I had coaches telling me to, you know, I think it'd be great for you to just go ahead and get in the coach and use your story and, and help help in that realm. So I was like, you know what, I, got, I really want to, but I just need to take some time. Yeah, and that, again, that sparked uh, a passion for coaching. I mean, it wasn't really, like, your plan, obviously. That's not what you wanted to do necessarily. But um, we were talking just before we started, like, the energy you bring or you brought to the field, you brought to you bring to everything in your life, really. So that passion from, uh, I guess, sports in general. I wanted to know what sports you played growing up and what, um, you know, who pushed you as a as an athlete, as a person to, you know, continue that passion. Who was those, those role models in your yeah, life? Yeah, I, I started football in fourth grade. I played a little bit of baseball. I only played basketball by, I want to say, seventh, eighth grade year in middle school, and then like my freshman year in high school, um, wrestled a little bit, and then I ran track as well my junior, uh, junior and senior year of high school. But mainly played football throughout the years. But I did play a few different sports um, growing up. I would say Ray Lewis was one person that really inspired me. You know, through my playing years growing up as a little guy, because I remember. I would be on the field and I would like tackle a kid in fifth grade. And I would like scream Ray Lewis in his face. I'd be like, Ray Lewis, Ray Lewis, Ray Lewis. And it'd be, I just, I don't know why, but like throughout those years and how I just like developed, it'd be just different kind of players like Ray Lewis, Odell Beckham Jr. He was an influence in high school. Chris Johnson was an influence in middle school. Just all different kinds of players that I watched growing up. But just that passion, the passion for, for the game just came from just – the day-to-day life of being an athlete it's just for me it's every little detail when mm. I'm out there on the field it's all the way down to tying your cleats to I'm, I, even as a player I'm seeing if the coaches got swag like I, I deserve everything on game day so like 
for me, the passion was just the love of just every single detail that it came with sports, the, this, your teammates, the feeling that you get when you're running out on the field, just thousands, hundreds of fans screaming. Mm. It's just, there's nothing like it. And it's just like the adrenaline rushes. It's legal adrenaline, basically. So yeah. You can go out there and, and it's legal, legal war. And it's just, it's a different feeling when you're out there. So the passion just, it was just instilled in me from just watching all kinds of players play. Yeah, and, and it sucks, obviously, like, Rhode Island's not um, at, like, a national level for football, but you still get that feeling when you're on that field, right? Oh, yeah. And I wanted to know if, in high school, when you played, you grew up in Pennsylvania, um, if you had that same kind of atmosphere, like, how big was, I guess, your facilities, like, what was your, uh, you know, the, the adrenaline rush when you played for football uh, in high school? So, shout out Cumberland Valley High School, Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. The atmosphere was crazy. I mean, like, the definition of Friday Night Lights like something you'll see in a movie and in, in a TV show. That's what it felt like playing at my high school. I mean, my senior year, home opener, playing Coachville, James Franklin, he's on the sideline. I'm talking about like maxed out, stands are loud. My family's sitting there like right at the 50. I could see them all. And like when we came out, man, it was just this loud student section. They're all painted in red and black body paint because they have like a tradition that they do in my high school on like the first game, like a slip and slide, senior slip and slide. But just, like, it was just, like I said, something out of Friday Night Lights. And, I mean, I got an interception, like, first drive, I think, and just having James Franklin, it was it got so loud. It was it was crazy. Mm. High school was crazy. But it definitely – I got that same feeling up here at Rhode Island, too. Yeah. I know a lot of players um, this year in particular, or last year, too, because, I mean, I've only been at URI for two years, but now I'm, I'm a senior, so um, didn't get to watch you guys the full four years um, for me as a college student. But – a lot of players on the roster are from Pennsylvania. I wanted to know if you played with any of those guys in high school or played against any of them, too. I played against Terrell, actually. Katero? Um, yeah. yeah, I played against Katero. Katero went to Coatesville. Mm-hmm. And that's who we played for the home opener. That was that was insane in front of James Franklin. Katero was on the other side. I was on the other side. They're called CV. We're called CV. Coatesville, mm-hmm. Cumberland Valley. Knew it. And then we started playing them my junior year, which I missed that junior year game because I had a sprained ankle. But that was the first year that I think we played them, and then the second year was my senior year. But, yeah, I played against Katero. Um, other PA players, I, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. I know Taro for sure, mm. but I can't remember anyone else. I know uh, Sean uh, Pelkinson, you know, he's from PA too. So um, I think I played with him in the East-West Bowl. By, I might have. I think because I think I, I think we seen the same big like the shorts. We were wearing the same shorts, mm. and I was like, damn, you, you played in that too? I was like, yeah. I was like, okay. So I think I played with him as well mm. over there in PA, but I think that's it. Yeah, for calling games and for me, like, doing, like, sideline stuff, like, I, I looked at the players more in depth, and I'm like, a lot of these guys are from, from PA, and I saw yourself, too, when um, thinking about stuff to ask you. Um, but shout-out Katero, man. He's been – he's been uh, he he ran me through a workout on the field. I seen that. Uh, yeah, you saw that? Yeah, so I'm like – And in the weight room. Yeah, in the weight yeah. room. That was fun with uh, Sav – well, it's Jared Jay Martin. Martin. Yeah. Um, and uh, Colbert, Jared, uh, yeah, Jordan Colbert, too, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, every every football player that I've been able to talk to, any, all you guys are so like uh, like welcoming, and everyone that I've talked to as well. The one thing that they always say is that um, the brotherhood is never gonna like leave you guys. Even like you know, you guys are from all over the country, but you guys come together at the smallest state in the country, and it's like you guys are like been best friends for your entire life. So I love that. I love that family aspect. That's why I loved working with all you guys and um, being able to still talk to you guys even when your careers are done. Right. So, and that's one um, thing about football. I mean. There's people from Florida, Mass, PA, mm-hmm. Ohio, California, Arizona. They're just all over. Every sport, there's people from all over. But with football, you have uh, 99 people on the roster. So you have people from 
all over the literally place. Literally everywhere. It's literally everywhere. Mm-hmm. So you're getting to meet people from here, 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 different cultures, and you're just taking that all in. And when you guys are going out there on the field, right, because in football you're really putting your body out there on the line, and there's a very huge risk. I learned that mm-hmm. uh, in my career. There, there's a very huge risk when you're playing football. And putting your body on the line every single day, every practice, that really builds a different kind of bond in, in mm-hmm. this sport. So football is definitely one of a kind. Yeah, and I'm sure you had that in high school too. I mean, again, with the the atmosphere that you said kind of resembles Rhode Island a little bit, I'm sure that kind of went into your thought process when choosing Rhode Island. But before we get into that, um, like your most memorable high school moment, um, to go to a D1 school like Rhode Island, I'm sure um, you were like one, one of the top athletes in, in your school and, and stuff like that in the district. But um, a moment from high school that you think of that, you know, just still sticks with you. It could be on the field, off the field, but or in game, in practice, whatever it is. I mean, the first one that came to mind was my my ninety nine yard fumble recovery touchdown. Like I, it was Bishop and Devitt, they were on the one trying to score, and this is a rivalry game. We're over mm-hmm. at their house too. Big crowd. I mean, big atmosphere. Friday night lights. Like I said, the PA has great football, and they're on the one. They're trying to drive. I line up. See, I like. I know the quarterback's going to do QB sneak. So boom, I go right after him, right over the line of scrimmage, and I just grab. I literally. We're fighting for it. The pile's just, like, steady. The refs are coming in by the blow the whistle. I literally just ripped the ball off his hand, spin out, and just go go to the house. Just took it all the way, all the way. Were you always defense in high school, or did you play, um, like, both sides? Because I know I, in Rhode Island you could play both sides of the ball. I don't know if that was the same in, in PA. I had, I had got the touchdown as a wide receiver my junior year. Um, we it, it, For our practice, you had to have, like, two positions. So mm-hmm. I would I played wide receiver, but I was, like, a Z, Z slot because we played the wing T. I couldn't stand it. I'm not <laughs> I think <laughs> I hated the wing team, but yeah. we we yeah, I played a little bit of wide receiver here and there, um, but mainly defense, mainly linebacker. That was my thing. I always wanted to be a linebacker anyway because mm. LeVar Arrington, uh, I looked up to him a lot, number 11, when he played at Penn State. That's why you see people wearing 11 at Penn State now because of him. Yeah. I looked up to him a lot. I was like, yeah, I'm a linebacker. I always got to be a linebacker. You know, I'm an Arrington. I got to mm-hmm. be a linebacker. So that's what I played, yeah. So that was Rhode Island's, like, attraction to you is how, you know, aggressive and, um, you know, how you held yourself at that position. Because, again, like, I've, I've interviewed a lot of players that I've watched in high school that went in Rhode Island, and they played both sides of the ball. So it's like I was, I've always asked them, like, I'm very curious to know, like, how do these schools recruit you? Are they recruiting you for offense or defense? But you specifically, it was mainly defense. So – um, outside Rhode Island, what other schools were, were looking at you at the time? So, so my re- recruiting process is actually, for me, it's a very special recruiting process mm-hmm. because I didn't have your typical big off, big offers out of high school. I think, you know, I could have definitely done a lot better academically mm-hmm. in high school. But, you Can't know, we all, you know. Right? <laughs> I didn't have any big, you know, Power 5 offers or anything. No, I didn't get any FBS offers. You know, Rhode Island came very, very late for me. Um, it started off with D2 offers, like in the PSAC, like Westchester, Shippensburg University, you know, Cal University, uh, Slippery Rock, schools like that, and, and PA. And then, you know, out of nowhere, Rhode Island, you know, pulls up to my, my high school and I get called down to the office. And, and Big Flem, his little son, uh, Lil Flem, he's in the office. And I'm like, I see his jacket. I see the R. I'm like, I've never heard of this school in my life. <laughs> like, I never, like, what? Rhode Island has a football team? So I'm like... All right, he's like, you know, I seen your film. Jawan Chisholm, he he he's across the river over in the Harrisburg area. He had a stint with the Steelers. He played up at Akron, if I'm not mistaken. He played with Lil Flem. Mm-hmm. And he told him, because Lil Flem came across, he came down to my area. He was like, hey, like, I need to look for, you know, do you have any players that don't even offer? So then Jawan Chisholm, he was like, yeah, this guy right here, Chris Harrington, doesn't have anything, you know. So he sent them over. 
And when I seen him in the um in the AD office, that's it was pretty much all she wrote from there because he was already like, hey, yeah, like I want off you a full ride, you know, because I like your film, I like your mm-hmm. talent at linebacker on the defensive position. I think you can come in and play and, and do something very special for us. So then after that first conversation, next thing you know, Coach Gilmer's in there, and then the DC coach Rex is is in there at, at like. I don't even remember when they came, but it was definitely within like a week. I think they they all came down mm. and were like, "Yeah, we really would like to have you on defense." So then that was pretty much all she wrote. I went and took a visit, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm committing here." Because they're the only school that gave me a full scholarship. Sacred Heart was recruiting me as well, but they only gave me a partial. And sometimes that's how it works in the recruiting world. Sometimes you can go D one, but you don't even have a full scholarship. You might be on a partial scholarship. They mm. might try to work in some you know funds and you know academic funds here and there. But I was like, nah, like. I'm an all-state 6 eight linebacker. Like, I played in two all-star games. I was like, I at least need a full ride. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, took a visit to Rhode Island, seen the ocean, seen the beach. I was like, yeah, this is solid for me. And, you know, funny story, my childhood pillow has anchors, ships, and stars on it. Meant to be. Like, it was meant to be. I'm <laughs> in an anchor state. I was like, okay, this is my destiny. I didn't realize that till later, but mm. I was like, this is my destiny. Like, I was like, okay, I was meant to be here. Too bad only, like, three months out of the year in Rhode Island. It's, like, warm, so you can actually yeah. enjoy the beach. But, yeah. I mean, still, no, it's definitely down in Kingston and in, in Narragansett. It's a, it's a great scenery. And, um, and you know, everyone loves their football down there. Everyone's diehard, you know, Rhode Island fans down there. And um, I grew up – I mean, obviously, everyone knows who watches. I grew up in Johnston. And um, for me, I grew up like a Providence fan, like a, like a Friars fan. So when I made the jump to Rhode Island um, – you know, I, I still wore PC on my sleeve, you know, and everyone's like, you know, you know how the rivalry goes and stuff like that. But, you know, it's outside of football. Um, but just I mean, that. If PC had a football team, I think that would be a great game. That'd be a huge I mean, rivalry. I'm a big rivalry guy. So when it comes to rivalry schools, like, I take it very serious. And mm-hmm. I don't care what sport it is. And, like, when it comes to wearing an RI on my chest, I'm like, we need to win the football. We need to win the basketball. We need to win the soccer. Mm-hmm. We need to win in rowing. We need to win the baseball, <laughs> yeah. softball, track and field, winter and spring. We have to win against our rivals every single time because we're the state school. You know, no disrespect to PC, but we are the University of Rhode Island. Can't go on that. Can't just go, like yeah. University of Alabama, the University of Georgia, Texas. They're the univer- They're the state schools, so you got to dominate every single opponent is and every rival. For sure. Well said. I- I agree with you 100%. Now that I'm here, like, I kind of, like, <laughs> live and die and breathe, Brody. Right. Know, everything. Like, <laughs> everything. It's like I never grew up rooting for them, but now I'm, like, I'm calling the games. I'm there. I'm involved in the game. You, you know, are. I'm working and the game. And it's important. Mm-hmm. And when I, you know, when I go back to when I was saying, like, I look at the, the coaches swag on game day, okay, I'm like, how are announcers? Yeah. Are announcers good? I, li- I go back after I watch a game. I listen to the announcers. I'm like, how are they calling the game? Yeah. Are they calling it, like, in a good way for Rody, or mm-hmm. are they over there like you know talking trash? But like we have good announcers. Mm-hmm. Um, what's his name? Uh, Stone. Stone Freeman. Yeah, I love when he announces our games. I love his passion. I love mm-hmm. his energy that he brings to the announce announcing. That is important yeah. for Rody because that's our image. So I'm like, all that stuff matters, man. So all, yeah. everything, everything's important. Huge. He's been a huge mentor for me too. Like when I first came in, uh, he was one of the first people I talked to to get into broadcasting, and like I took it in stride and. Um, Try to make it like me. Like he, he told me the biggest thing was just to be me, and I know that's something that you like to, to preach too. And a yeah. lot of the reels that you've been posting on Instagram is like just be you. It's important. Just it's, be you, that's man. what's gonna get you to that next level. Is just being you. So um, every game day, I always got to wear Jordans. I'm not like trying to, um, you know, follow that Skip Bayless trend. But I just have like I love wearing the Cherry Elevens. I have like the all all red suit. You know, you gotta 
Got to like you know that, show out because I'm like uh, I see I wasn't I just became a Jordan person mm. like this last like the end of 2022 I think I got like my first pair of J's and I was like yeah like they're just tough like they're Nikes just... Nikes and J's see I wish Rhode Island don't get me wrong I wish Rhode Island was a Nike school mm. see PC is a Nike school and I'm not gonna lie those black those black jerseys are tough mm-hmm. but I could imagine Keeney Keeney and Navy and, and, and Nike Adidas though they got the gear is we tough too gear. we got some yeah. good gear don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing like that swoosh. Yeah. Think about all the big schools. They That's true. swoosh on their chest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. But, I mean, everything that they distribute, like, I always look around, like, a lot of the players and, like, the people that work for the team, I'm like, man, I don't get no drip. None of the announcers get any drip. Like, I don't get – I mean, I know Stone does because he – Stone got some drip. works there. Yeah. Like, I don't – I'm still a student, but I'm like, damn, I got to get some of these these shirts, these hoodies. I got to get something. You can get dripped up in the Adidas and in, in the roadie gear, though, mm. for sure. We got a good colorway. I think we have a solid colorway. That's what for makes, sure. That's yeah, what that Kini Blue is out. the Kini Blue stuff. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, this the name itself is unique. Like you know, everyone's got like powder blue or like Carolina blue, but Kini Blue. Yeah, yeah. Like, for sure. Whenever you guys wear them, and when the basketball team wears, like that's like my favorite colorway is that baby blue. I guess for people that don't know Kini Blue, but yeah, Kini, in Rhode Island it's Kini Blue. I always say that. Yeah. Um, but for you, for your freshman year, you come in. Um, I just had a podcast yesterday, and I I always ask. Uh, Specifically, it's mostly like college athletes or, or college athletes that turn pro, like a transition period, right? So, um, you know, you're a senior in high school at the top of your game. You come in, now you're back at the bo- – not back at the bottom necessarily, but you're a, fr- you're a freshman. You know, so what is that transition period like for you? It was interesting. It was – I was young, and I'm like – you got aspirations. like, oh, I want to play, you want to play, but it's like you're going against – 19, 20, 21 year olds, 22 year olds, 23 year olds. So these been these been men grinding already been in the weight room for I mean you're in the weight room in high school, but they've been in the weight room on a schedule like day in and day out, different kind of training. And some there's high schools out there that train their training regimen is just like a college team, which is crazy now. And that's exactly what you need though to succeed. But that transition transitionary period for me was like it was difficult. Mm-hmm. Learning the playbook, didn't understand it, didn't get it, didn't make sense to me. I was like, none of this makes sense to me. Um, I just wanted to play. But at some point, honestly, I accepted. I was like, you know what, I'm going to redshirt because this isn't my year. Let me learn college football. Let me understand college. Because I'm also – now you're a college student, mm-hmm. and now you're handling all the way to that. You got study hall. You got the social life going on, everything. You got so much freedom, more than you had in high school. So that transitionary period as the, as, a, as a football player was just – it was crazy. Yeah. There was ups, there was downs. Because you did play, you did play one game. I like, I literally like. It was the Delaware game. Yeah. Um, it was on a Thursday night, and I, yeah, I was out there on like special teams. I had like a kickoff return snap. Scared for my life. Number mm. thirty three was on the on Delaware side. Kid was massive, and I was like, I gotta block him, <laughs> and I didn't want to block him. So I was like, I'm not trying to get trucked on my first snap. And it was just funny because I just ended up tripping him with my leg. Mm-hmm. He fell, I fell, and I was like, oh, I did my job. And that was my one snap, I think. And then after that, um, I redshirted, didn't travel anymore, but was out there on scout team just learning because I did a lot of scout team my freshman year, just learning the game. You know, going against the starters made me a lot better as well. Going against people like Kyle Murphy, stuff like that, you know, made you a lot better in mm-hmm. just taking your time with the game. But there's people like James Maxson who was – Already out there, just playing already, making plays. I know he got like a pick one time, like it was it was crazy. He was, but the transitionary period was definitely different. Yeah, I was just gonna ask you, like uh, the next year, your redshirt freshman year, you played in twelve games, and obviously, like you just kind of answered the question, like you're you're you know learning the game that redshirt year. You didn't play it, but you're learning 
the plays. You're, you're learning how the players play, how the coaches want you to play, and what they what they have to offer. Um, how much did that learning process help you for the following year? And like, how was your support staff too, like towards you and like you know guiding you through that year too? It definitely made it a lot better because going into that winter, I was like, I got to train. Mm-hmm. I was like, I got to get as strong as possible. I got to get as fast as possible. So I was just in a weight room grinding. I mean, there's videos. I'm like hitting weights I never hit before, squatting things I never squat before. So I'm like, all right, I'm getting bigger, I'm getting stronger. And you just start maturing. Mm. You just realize the game is different than what it is in high school because in high school, I mean, sports are supposed to be for fun. But in high school, it's for fun. In college, when you got that money, you got that scholarship, it's just a lot different. You got to perform now. You got to produce. Mm-hmm. You really have to Playing produce. for, like, a bigger purpose. You're playing for a bigger purpose. You really got to produce. And it's it's – there's a lot of money. You're getting flights, you're getting you know, all these things paid for, all this gear. You know, you got to you gotta put something out on the table. So it's like, okay, I'm an athlete. Like, I'm a Division one athlete. I got to take this very serious. So started training very hard after, you know, having all those mentors and stuff. And then just the just my, you know, older players helping me as well, people like Keith Wells, people like Javi Castillo, you know, they, they were training like two times a day. And I was seeing that as, as a young guy. So I was like, okay, I got to be as strong and as fast as them. I got to learn the game to the to the crisp like the point like talking about every single body movement of of what you need to do to really perform at the highest level so going into that next year um I think I had a very prominent um time on special teams Mm -hmm. I think I led the team in special teams tackle that year um yeah played in all 12 games so it was definitely a a big jump for me but uh it was through the training and through having people like Keith Wells and, and Javi that were there just telling me you know train hard every day mm. take care of your body yeah I was just gonna say you led the team in uh special team tackles with 16 um want to ask about like just what you thought of that improvement you know what specifically did you work on and what specifically did you learn and take in um one in those I guess like each and every game but really more that again that season that you really soaked everything in that redshirt year in that season you know of course I wanted to be a starter I wanted to be someone that was making a difference on defense mm. but through the first year in that year, you know, I learned that just do what do what you can do that's best for the team in that in that moment in that season. You know, whatever your calling is. So for me, it wasn't necessarily on defense, but it was like I'm starting on all these special teams. I was like, you know what? All right, I'm gonna make a name for myself on special teams. I'm gonna be the first yeah. one down. I'm gonna mm-hmm. run as fast as I can, whether it's kickoff, punt return, punt. I'm gonna make sure I am the best. And I, I mean, there's clips of me where I'm just. I'm the first one down. Yeah, 15 I've yards seen some You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. like, I'm 10 yards, 15 yards in front of my own team, and I'm blowing past guys because I was like, I'm going to make a difference on special teams if that's what my coaches want me to do. I'm going to mm. be a team player. Yeah. And that year was a, I was a special teams guy. So I, I took that with honor. I took that with pride mm-hmm. every every time. Yeah, and I was looking at some of those highlights and those those reels, and I'm like, some of them like didn't hone in on you, but I'm like, I could already see you just from the from the kickoff just bolting past everybody. Right. So that goes again to what you said about um you know the dedication just like really really focusing in on like again the transition period. Everything goes into one once you're a division 1 athlete. Um and then that following year, uh your redshirt sophomore year, you had your first interception, took it back for 50 yards. Mm-hmm. Just run me through that moment and how you felt after that. Um that was actually a very good moment cuz we were down. It's against Delaware. It's home. It's the COVID year. We missed that fall season. I I'm like, this is my second game coming off of appendix surgery because mm-hmm. I got appendix. I had appendicitis before that spring season. Like, it came out of nowhere, so I missed mm-hmm. the Villanova game. I'm from PA. Broke my heart. We went out there, played Albany. They still didn't want me to play, but I was like, I'm ready. So I got some few snaps, made some plays there. But then we got the Delaware, and like I said, we were down. They just, like, hit, like, a 
50 yard run on us, 50, 60 yard run on us. Like mm. the morality's low. You can hear it. You can see it on the sideline. For me though, I'm like, nah, like I'm still here to play. Like I don't even care what the score is. Like I'm, I'm, I'm here to play. Mm-hmm. And so boom, snap goes. I get to play. I'm like, all right, I get set. He says, hut. I attack the, the tackle. And the QB, he had a little, he tried to throw some swagger on his throw. He tried the little sidearm. And I was like, nah, I seen the ball. So I just jumped up, pushed off the old lineman, jumped up, grabbed it, caught my balance. So I was like, I just got to go. Because all I seen was grass. And I was like, I just got to go. So I just took off as fast as possible, man, and just kept running. My, the quarterback was trying to get me. I, like, tried to brush him off. But then the, the wide receiver finally ended up tripping me up. But I was just like, I seen the ball, and I was just like, I got to get that ball. And I just took it. And just, I was like, I just got to go. Yeah. And I could just, after having that, bro, there's a video. Like, Burb was there. LB Mack was there. Matt Thomas was there. They just surrounded me, bro. And it was one of the best moments of my life Dude. because it, it just helped the team in that moment. For sure. Do you, like, kind of, in those moments, like, black out? Like, like once once you see the ball coming, boom, you catch. Like, a lot of the players that I've talked to are, like, personal friends of mine. But, like, when they have, like, moments like that, when they score touchdowns or whatever it is, like, a big, um, you know, take back. Like, they just, they, like, black out. They, yeah. Every single person that's told me, they just, like, black out. And it's just, like, I'm going straight. And that's it. Like, what, was that kind of the same feeling? It was literally just go straight. <laughs> and then, like, when I got tackled, I got up. I was just, like, I don't even know what to do right now. So, I was just, like. <laughs> I didn't even know what to celebrate. I was just like, I, was, I really didn't even know what happened. I'm just like, I really just caught the ball and just took off. Like that. Yeah. I was like, that was crazy. So, but then once he like just like the blackout goes away, like then I was like, oh, and I took my helmet off and just like, ah, yeah. I was like, yeah, that's crazy. Mm, like, but no, nah, it's definitely those moments. Just they hit different. They always remember them too. Those memorable moments are huge. And uh, when I talked with Jarrett the first time, uh, it was like right after the the pick six he had against Bryant last year. It was like literally like two days after that we talked, and he's like, like said the same thing. I blacked out, ran straight right after that, got off the field. Like I threw up. And then I was like, all right, next play, let's go. Like let's, you know, but those are those are the like moments that you live for as a player, right? And then we talk about how each year you've progressed as a player. The next year, uh, I think it was like twenty total tackles on the year. Um, you know, the numbers just keep going up. And a big thing that we talked about before recording was um, how you're big on like uh, mental health, and you've done a lot of like. Um, you know, you spoke, you've been a guest speaker at a lot of events talking about mental health as a player off the field. Um, did that Did that change each year? Is that kind of how you uh, – is that one aspect that helped you progress as a player too? Yeah, it changed every year because, like I said, as a D1 athlete, you're also dealing with all the stuff on the side, the school part, you know, your social life, relationships. So had a lot of stuff like that going on. You know, you got – you're missing a lot of things at home as well and – you know, I had a lot of ups and downs because of that. And then, like, and then, you know, COVID year hit, and mm-hmm. that, was, that was big on everybody. So yeah. that was a real, real big change as far as, you know, I basically got another year of maturing. So then I was like, okay, now I'm playing this game. I'm even a little bit older now. So then that next year, you know, went into, what was that, the 2021 season. What was that? You said I had 20 tackles, I think. Was, was that was 21, yeah. Yeah, um, and I got an injury. I had got turf toe in the fourth game against Stony Brook. And I was doing pretty good, you know, playing my part. You know, whatever snaps I was getting, I was making plays. And, you know, that game, Stony Brook game, I had a third down breakup, a pass breakup, boom, fourth down, incomplete. Uh, another one where I tackled a dude, uh, third down stop, for you feel me, fourth down. So I was doing mm-hmm. good, you know, making plays. And then got turf toe. That took me out like four or five games. And, man, that's a lot of games to miss. And, you know, the mental weight of that, I was like, dang, bro. Like, sometimes you just feel like you can't stop getting injured. Because mm. I already had a surgery on my leg. I had a bone spur. I had to get removed on my femur. That affected my legs. I had nerve damage. Um, 
just dealing with stuff like that. Uh, like I said, I had appendicitis, so I had to miss games for that. Just all those things start to weigh on you as an athlete, and you're just like, hey, can I really do this anymore? So when I talk about mental health, it's a lot because, uh, you know, the things I experienced also playing football. There's so many ups and downs. There's days you don't even want to play no more because you're like, am I even – there's days it's like, am I even good? Like, in those processes of me, like, mm-hmm. accepting, you know, the special teams, like, am I even good, though? Like, why am I just playing special teams? Like, I feel like I should be out there on, on defense, too, though. And, you know, those things really weigh on you heavy. And, and there's a lot of players that, you know, sometimes they might not, if one day if they do open up about, you know, their, what they went through, a lot of them would tell you, you know, same as me. Like, there's days where you're just going straight from practice and going right back to your room. You're not even going to class. You're just going right back to your room. It's just, it's just, you're just mentally exhausted, physically mm-hmm. exhausted. Your body's beat up and you just, I mean, there's a very dark moment. So that's reason, that's one of the reasons why I had to start talking about, you know, mental health and, and just, because it just it's the the athlete part of it, you know, on mm-hmm. the field that that really gets to you, you know, and dealing with injuries, those really that really affects you as well. Yeah, I was gonna say injuries definitely is like takes a toll not only on your body but your your head too, like your mental health. And um, I always talk about my boys that play at Stonehill, uh, Nick and Tom. They're from Johnston, um, and you know, they, same thing with my friend Nick. Like he he plays a lot of special teams, and like his he was always thinking like oh, I'm I'm good enough to play on defense, but. And then again, like after that practice, after games, whatever, they get back and their friends are like, all right, let's go, let's go party. Like, no, like you don't get it. Like it's, you don't understand it's draining. Like those practices, <laughs> like I wouldn't understand either because I wasn't, I'm not a college athlete, but um, like, you know, speaking with you and all your other teammates, like it's, you know, you can understand it from a, a different perspective once you get to actually sit down and talk to you guys. A lot of people don't understand the sacrifice. Like there are times like I have friends that'll be like, people be like, you don't want to go out? Like, nah, like. Dead. I'm trying to I'm be dead. in bed. Like I'm trying to recover. I'm trying to rest. Like, <laughs> like, and a lot of times I feel like when you're going out as a college athlete, like usually post game or something, like, like, yeah, you're celebrating, but you're probably just trying to numb that pain that you you just put your body through more mm-hmm. so, just to kind of not have to think about that part of it because you're drained. I mean, you're physically and fit, mentally tired. I mean, don't get me wrong, you love that feeling. Mm-hmm. I miss that feeling, but it's definitely it's taxing. It's taxing on my body, but it's it's hard to understand until you shoes just like anything bro just like anything in life football is a very unique thing mm. and you as a player uh you know you got the shades on you got like the, you always bring the energy on and off the field got to. that's like your signature i feel like that's yeah. anywhere i've seen you on social media or, or watching you play it's always been like the energy that you bring to literally everything so just kind of like talk about um you know the inspiration i guess behind that you know what keeps you motivated to stay energized like that um i mean my mom always told me since birth that i was like you know always smiling and always happy and 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 one of my friends one of my good friends from Oklahoma his mom you know rest in peace to her she would call me smiley <laughs> and just like I would just always have that energy just a very energetic happy child and and as far as like you know bring that to the field and that passion like I said I looked up to players like Ray Lewis and, and LeVar Arrington and people and, and Odell Beckham Jr you know people that have swagger and just passion like pure passion and pure energy it was like you could feel them when they walk into a room. You could feel it when they hit that field. And, and that's something that I just always wanted to bring and always wanted to be, but also wanted to instill in the other – in my teammates and the people around me, the coaches. Because when you have a team like that, you can't you can't be stopped. And mm-hmm. I truly believe in that. If you have a team full of people like that, you can't be stopped because they're – like I said, that Delaware game, we were down, but I was like, I don't care. Like, I, I, I got to play the same way I always got to play on the sideline. And I took the snap just like I take every other snap with – a hundred percent in me and that's why I got that interception. That's why I was blessed by the football guys, you feel me? But it's just like having that energy and that passion is it's unique too because it's 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 something that people remember. 
and like you know my coach uh coach izzy he'd be like i'd be like i'll come out there and i'm like yes sir he'd, he'd do it too he'd do it too and i'm like i love that because it's, it's something that is rubbing off on other people and it's like i have teammates that'll tell me like there'd be some days i didn't do it because i, I might have a down day but there'd be mm-hmm. days like I wasn't there or something. They'd be like, bro, I miss the energy out there. Like, I miss I, – I ain't hear that screaming out there. You know what I'm saying? So, it's just like bringing that different energy to it also hypes other people up. It gets them going. Because not everybody can do that. So, I was like, I can be that person that can do it, though. So, let me do it. And that's something I want to bring into the coaching world as well. Just like I see Dion, He got that swagger to him, mm-hmm. chain out, sunglasses on. Like, and that's him. Like, you go back to being like yourself. That's him. That's him. That's him. That was him on the field. So, you feel me? So, I like that one. That's what, how I want to be as a coach. But I even want to be more personable with my players as well because, you know, I understand the game how it is now. You know, as a coach, you understand the game how it is now, but it's different playing the game how it is now. You know, just like in their era. I can't understand playing football in the 80s, 90s era, mm. even in the 2000, like 10, you know, 2010. I can't understand football in that era because I didn't play that era. But this era is completely different. We have NIL and everything, so we're on the field. It's completely different. But I had that connection. That's why I want to get into coaching because I understand the players, you know, I really get it. I really understand it. I was just going to ask you, too, The uh, is there anybody that energy, like, rubs off on? You kind of just said, like, your entire team really fed off of that. Like, if you weren't there or if you had an off day, like, you know, where's that spark? Where's that energy? And you're like, um, you know, did, did that kind of motivate? Like, when you had, like, off days, right, and people are like, come on, Chris, where's that, where's that energy? Like, I need the energy. Did that kind of motivate you to, you know, to bring it? Or, like, it even on and off the field? Be, it would definitely motivate me to bring it because – in those times, I probably wasn't bringing. I was definitely in a, in a bad place. Probably, you know, probably, probably, you know, going through anxiety or, or any kind of form of depression. And you know, some people would see that and they'd be like, you know, where where is it, Chris? Like, mm-hmm. where is it? You know, right. My coach would even ask me. He's like, "You good today?" He's like, <laughs> where, "You know, feel me?" I'm like, "No, I'm good. I'm good." But I was really not telling the truth necessarily. But and I, you know, and I realized when someone, you know, where's the energy? Like, it showed me. I was like, "That's that." You really have a good impact, a positive impact on people. Mm. And you should really embrace having that positive impact on people and really love that. Mm. And that's what that's something that that's why I was like, okay, I gotta be there on game day on the sideline and just bring that energy. Even if I'm not necessarily calling plays or or the coach that's drawing up the plays and, you know, doing the adjustments. Even if I'm just there to just give out some yells and shouts, you know what I'm saying, tell a player, I see you Q, you know, I was yeah. telling Quinn, you feel me, he was on Kickoff, like, I see you, Q. I need it, Q. You feel me? I need you to get this tackle. Like, mm-hmm. I'm yelling at you. feel me? I see him. And, you know, that hype him up. You know, okay, I got to go. Now you run at full speed. And mm-hmm. what do you do? Make the tackle. For sure. Yeah, like, <laughs> I love I love that energy. Like, I, I tried to bring that, too. It was, like, in high school when I played, like, basketball. Like, I, I always wanted to have that energy and that leadership quality um, that my coach instilled in me. And um, I remember playing, like, youth baseball. This, when you talk about the energy and, like, you know, hyping up players and stuff, um there's one one memory from baseball, AU baseball. I used to play like outfield, right? And we traveled. I forget where we traveled, but Love baseball. Yeah, like I I liked it growing up, and then once like high school kind of rolled around, I was like, I want to stick with basketball. Like, I, I was better at basketball, um, but I was in the field. Like, anytime like a pit, like it was kind of it was tedious and annoying in a way. But anytime you know my friend was at the mound, he'd throw a pitch. I'm like, let's go two three. Let's go. You got this. You got this. Like just something like just always yelling and yelling. And then after the game, I remember my parents coming up to me and they were like, there was a parent on the other team, and they're like. That kid's seventeen out there would not shut up the whole game, but they're like, but we love that, we like love we that love girl. that, like they, like they didn't complain. Like I thought it was like a complaint at first, and I was like, I don't care, but like they liked it. They liked the, you know, the motivation towards like the, that player, and that kind of stuck with me, like as I played sports. Right. So for you, like at the Division One level, like I can only imagine, like 
you know, how much that rubs off on others, like you just said. I mean, I had parents in the stands that would, you know, tell my parents, you right. know, your son, like, he's always smiling. He's always bringing that energy. I had – there was parents this year saying, like, I miss that energy. We miss that, that. We miss that energy out there on the field. We need that energy out there on the field this year. That's They're like, that's what we're missing this year. We need Christian out there. And that's something that, you know, that hurt my heart. I'm like, man, I wish I, I, wish I could be out there for, for the guys. And, you know, just – I mean, my brother told me it was the Georgia State game. Some there was a parent that went up to him and was like, "You think he would let me buy that the shirt off him? Like the the um it was the camo one uh, number and I had number eleven on. He wanted to buy my shirt just because he was like, I love his passion, I love his energy, I just love who he is as a person, and you know, I know wow. he'll be successful one day." And I was like, I didn't sell it, but like he told me that like when we were back home, you know, and I was like, "Dang, like there's really fans out there that like really care about me just based off like the just the energy that I'm bringing." I was like, "Okay, that's something I got to keep going," and and. Because it really does, it's really a positive impact. You know, it's mm-hmm. not anything that's nothing over overboard, nothing crazy. It's just who I am, and it's just what people like, and, and I, I really appreciate that it helps others. Yeah, and then on the other side of it, probably like one of your the biggest hardships that you had to deal with throughout your career was was last year, or I guess this this year, this past this year, year this was, past season. It was really twenty twenty two. I got hurt. Yeah, missed. It was hurt in the second game, and then this year was. Trying to play, but then it was like, okay, finally made the decision. Right. So you didn't play in any game. Did you play in the off season, or was it kind of like that was when you made your decision to like medically retire from from college football? Um. So what was it twenty twenty two? I got hurt in the Bryant game. That was the second game of the season. So then the doctor told me right then in the hospital that night. He was like, "Yeah, you should stop playing contact sports. Like your spine, your spinal cord is not in a good place." Mm. And I was like, of course. You, I mean, I just got out the field. Like, I just cut this jersey on my body. Like, nah, I'm going back out there. Like, what you mean? <laughs> like, I don't care about that. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm I'm trying to go pro. Like, why are you telling me to stop playing something that plays in fourth grade? So, you know, I took some time to myself that season. And then I was like, okay. Like, at first I was like, I'm done. But I was like, nah, like, I got to keep going. Like, I want to keep playing. So, I was like, I'm going to stay on the team. I'm going to keep training. I told my coach that. Coach Flem agreed. He was like, I want you to stay training. And then, and then we'll – you know, seek a second opinion. Let's just keep going. Let's go into spring ball. And then, you know, let's finish out. So then, boom, you know, I was playing spring ball. I was in red, but I was out there every day. You know, I was in red, but I was out there every day. Um, also seeing doctors and stuff like that. Once spring ball was done, didn't play in the spring game. Once that was over, though, I went to see the doctor. And that's when they were like, yeah, like, I just don't think you should play no more. And initially, I was like, okay, I should definitely be done with the game. But I was like... Nah, I need another opinion. Like, I just need another opinion. I was like, I really love this too much. Like, I can't give it up yet. Like, I'm feeling good. I was training hard. I was I'm feeling good. Like, let me get some summer training in. Let me be up here. Like, I didn't even go home, really. I went home for, like, a week, I think, at the end of May. But I came back all summer. And I was just like, nah, let me train. Like, let me just be up here with the guys. Like, because I wasn't ready to go home yet. I graduated. And I was like, dang, like, I can't I can't be done yet. Like, mm. I'm not ready. Like, I don't even know what I want to do yet. I haven't even accepted this yet. And y'all just want me like. I'm just supposed to go home now. Like, that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I told Coach that. I was like, nah, I can't go home. Y'all. Like, I got to keep trying. So that's why, you know, I stayed up here all summer, uh, 2023, last year. And then, like I said, I went to camp. Got back in July. Went to camp. Was on the field every day. I was in red still. And, you know, still seeing doctors, still seeing trainers. I was feeling good. But then, you know, ultimately, like I said, came to the decision. It was just like, nah, it's not, it's not safe. It's too dangerous. You know, your spinal cord, your spinal canal is just – in a very dangerous place, mm-hmm. basically, because you could, you know, it could be one more hit, and yeah, um, it's a, you know, it's a, yeah. <laughs> but it's good that that sparked a passion for for coaching. Yeah, because I was just like, all right, you know, after that injury, you know, like I said, I, I think I, I remember every little detail and every I think about every little detail and just 
from the part I got injured to trying to stand up and stumbling mm. to the part of my arms felt like there was fire in both of them. Like someone like just had fire on them. Like so you don't want to you don't want to come to agreement with it, but it's like yeah, yeah. you know, I had to come to agreement with it. But I was like, I want to be there. I want people to hear my story for the next player that has to go through something like that. Because you know, Ryan Shazier had to deal with something like that. There's, um, who was the um, Cowboys great? Uh, the wide receiver. Um, why is his name not coming? He was in, inducted into the Ring of Honor. He's not coming up anyway. He had to retire yeah. because of spinal stenosis as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Leighton Vander Esch. He just got hurt. Mm-hmm. He hurt his neck. He might have to medically retire. And you know, there's very ser- serious injuries that can occur. ACLs, all kind of thing. Broken femurs, broken bro- broken bones. So it's like, once I got hurt, I just seen that as a player, and I was like, okay, I want to take that into coaching because I understand like. I mean, I mean, the game of football, you got to play through things, right? You're either injured or you're hurt. But the time that you're injured, I want to be that coach that's like, I still care about that injured player, like down to like, I, I'm calling him every day, I'm texting him every day to make sure he's okay. Because I know when you get injured, it is so, so dark. And not many people see the side of being injured mm-hmm. the whole season or like a complete season gone. Somebody know. Thankfully, you know, I don't, you don't ever want players to have to experience that. But when they do, and if you don't understand that as a coach, you won't, you feel me, you'll never know. So mm-hmm. I know that part. So I want to bring that, you know, side to the coaching part of, like I said, just really understanding the mental health for my players and getting to know them to, into a deep, you know, deep, deeper side of, of outside the game mm-hmm. of football. Cause it's very important to know the player outside of football. Because that's how you know you're going to get a very good athlete on the field. That's how you're going to produce a very good athlete on the field, really knowing your player outside of the game. Yeah, and that's cool to hear that Coach Flam and, and the whole support staff, the coaching staff, was so welcoming and, and keeping you on. Obviously, like they don't want to like, they didn't want to take you off because of like, the player that you were, but um, they wanted you to stay on the sideline. They wanted you to bring that energy. Yeah. They wanted you to even teach the young guys, teach the guys that are just coming in. Um, so I guess kind of really talk about Coach Flam. Coach, talk about him, um, his, his support to you as a player. And then, again, the support to stay on the staff and yeah, to kind of teach the young guys. I mean, like I said, he was – him and Coach G were, you know, some of the first people I went to as far as, like, hearing that decision and made and I want to play anymore. But Coach Flynn was like, you know, let's get a second opinion. Let's, let's stay here. You know, I want you to stay here. You know, got you, got you covered. You're still on scholarship. Don't even worry about that. Like, you got the house. You got everything. Like, you're on this team. You're on this team. You're a player of mine. And, you know, I just had a lot of respect for that because he kept me here. He knew – he understood that there was just, you know, there's a lot going on, like, mentally and just with the whole situation. He was like, I want to – I'm with you to the end just like you are with football to the end. And that's pretty much how my coaches were as far as supporting me and, you know, helping me see these doctors and stuff like that to make sure, you know, you know, I was in the best shape or if I wasn't in the best shape to keep playing. But they were they were supporting me up until the last moment to when I – when I got to see the doctor in August and he told me it was completely over and to the moment I went to the office to tell them that mm-hmm. and when I was breaking down crying, you feel me, Coach Coach Arena gave me a hug. They were all there to, you know, support me and, you know, just console me and make sure I was okay and still making sure I'm okay to this day. So, do you, Is that something that, again, you said that you want to have your story, um, like, genuinely, uh, publicly known so, like, the next, you know, athlete that comes across, like, an unfortunate, like, turn of events or, like, is going through something – you can kind of be like that that coach too, not only yeah. on the field but off the field. How important is that uh, to teach like um, players coming in? It's so important, man, because I didn't know, I didn't understand it. Or my freshman year, I didn't have anyone telling me that. I didn't go to my coaches for anything really. I didn't. 
talk to it about any of my teammates. Really, I didn't talk about anything that I dealt with growing up or anything like that. So having a coach that really understands it and really has a passion for it to be there for you outside of the game, that, that player is really going to love that coach. That player is really going to like that coach, even if that coach has to, you know, leave and, you know, got to get a bigger job or, you know, make some more money here somewhere else. Like, And I'm going to be that coach that tells you, you know what I'm saying, like, look, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. If I'm, you feel me? If I if I got a good, if I get a good, a better job offer, you gotta take that. You know, I got kids. You know, coaches got kids and families to feed and stuff. So I understand that part of it too. But just having, like I said, having that coach that really understands you, like outside of the game, is really gonna be a, a it's a it's a game changer. You know what I'm saying? And for you sure. know, coaches are busy. You know, they can't always talk to you and always text you and stuff like that. But I really want to try to make an emphasis on that in my career. Just really having a, a bond with my players because when I'm recruiting them and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. And you look back at everything as like a as a player. And then, of course, this last year having to stay on the sideline. But, uh, you know, senior day comes 15 of you guys, you know, off and, and that's it. You know, the roadie career is Literally. comes to an end. And it's crazy because, uh, you know, I, I mean, obviously when I came in, all you guys are still there. But it's like, damn, like. I'm leaving too. I'm not a player, but I feel I felt like I was a player. That goes back to that whole family aspect of you know um, how everybody is so connected. So just talk about your emotions that day and you know what it felt to kind of say your goodbye to Rhode Island. I mean, it was tough, man. I we were in this we were in the stairs and we were coming down there announcing us. They finally got the jumbotron up for the first time. I get to see my face on my home field jumbotron, and I was like, wow. Of course, I wanted to be in a uniform, and my parents too. Then I wanted to play for them, and it was definitely difficult. One of the hardest days of my life so far, you know, having to watch everyone else play. And, you know, you expect to play on your senior day. You know, you expect to have a senior game, mm-hmm. but you know, I didn't necessarily have that. So it was definitely a, it was a great moment. You know, it was good to see the guys that I came in with also go out too. But it was definitely a, a an emotional one. Mm-hmm. It was definitely difficult. How much did that help you? Um... I guess build build character for the future. Um, I mean, obviously knowing that um, you weren't going to be able to play that year, you're still there, but now everything's come to an end. Now we're like in the, the last semester of, of the year. You know, uh, what's the plans going forward? And again, how did that really build build your character for what's to come? You know, it's just, it reminded me, you know, that, you know, life ain't fair in certain situations, but like I said, I had a lot of I got a lot of people in my corner, and mm-hmm. there are a lot of people in my corner throughout the season. Even when I was like, you know, it's hard to go to practice and stuff like that. There are people there for me, um, but just as far as building me up for the future, you know, like I said, it's giving me the tools that are gonna make me, you know, help me be a great coach, you know, one day. It it's it helped me. It, I just took everything in from the sideline and looked at everything and just was really very observe observing of the season, and I just. I just know that it's going to help me just be a great leader as far as a coach one day for sure. Definitely, and I'm excited to see uh, where the coaching journey takes you. Um, I've, ta- I've talked to a few coaches. Um, the first ever episode I had uh, was with Joe Mazzula, head coach of the Celtics. His dad was my, my coach in high school, middle school. Um, so that name, of course, oh, wow. yeah, that name has been a, a trademark in the town of Johnston. Um, uh, I don't know if you know, I did a documentary on his dad uh, back in April. You know, really, really cool. He's uh, from Rhode Island. Cause he's from yeah, he's from, John, he's from here. Did he have from, Rhode Island like, on, his, on his shoes in one game? I yeah, think. they customized a pair of, uh, I think there were ones yeah. for him. And they put, like, uh, Joe Mazzulla, John. It's so cool. But it just goes to show, like, how much um, of a coach, like, how much coaching means to, like, you know, the youth and, and stuff like that. So, it means so much. Man. For your message to the youth now, like, if, if young kids are, um, 
watching this, listening to this, what's your message to them as far as, uh, you know, being an athlete on and off the field? Um, as far as being an athlete on and off the field, I always tell them to take care of the academics. That's the first thing I always tell them to take care of because if you want to be a Division One athlete, you want to be at this level, you want to be at the highest level possible, that's the one thing that's going to get you there because I know that's one thing that possibly, you know, hindered my mm-hmm. career. And I, that's the one that's one of the biggest advice. Take care of your academics. Second, take care of your mental health because that's something that I didn't – know or understand about growing up and playing sports and you know whether I like this sport more whether I like this sport more whether I like the sport at all like just take care of your mental health on and off on and off the field because that'll really help you later down in life you know when you're married and when you have kids and you'll be emotionally regulated you'll understand yourself better you know and and definitely find yourself outside of your sport too find yourself outside of the game that you're playing the one that you love the most because one day it's going to be over whether you're pro whether you're collegiate, it doesn't matter. One day it's going to be over. So definitely find yourself outside the game. Find something you love to do other than your sport. For sure. And I want to thank you, gang, Christian, for, for hopping on. I know uh, the drive down's a little little long uh, okay. from the bottom around to the top. But, um, you know, we made it happen. Wanted to make this episode happen, I think, like at the beginning of the year. Um, just, again, knowing that what your journey, uh, where it's going now, and, again, what, what happened during that. I wanted to talk to you, like, right when that happened. You know, explain the whole situation. But now we got – you know, the backstory to it, your mental side of it. And it's it's uh, it's really cool because that's what I really like talking to athletes about. Right. Not only just moments on the field, like those memorable moments are cool, but, um, you know, the mental side of it. And you're a huge advocate for that. So um, just wanted to give you your flowers for that. I appreciate you hopping on. Um, the million-dollar question I ask everybody at the end of the podcast, what would you think of Camp's Corner? I love it, man. <laughs> it's beautiful. 10 out of 10. It's got a nice setup. 10 out of 10, man. I can hear myself clear. It's crisp. I love it. Great feeling. Appreciate that, man. Thank you, Cam. Of course. Anytime you want to hop on, anytime you want to do something in person or, you know, I'm always here. And uh, it's crazy to think, 85 episodes, almost to 100, season three, episode 17. Cam's One Corner on all social media, uh, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you guys listen to podcasts. Or if you want to watch it, YouTube at Cam's One Corner. Go follow Christian on all social media. What's your what's your social media saying? C.Arrington5 on IG. We'll have them all tagged in, all the reels. We'll make some cool reels for this. So keep streaming Camp's Corner, guys. Thank you guys for all the support. Run up Christian, and we'll see you guys in the next episode.